2: All right, welcome back, everybody, to the TOT Cast Leafs edition. It's been quite a while since we've done this. Um, lots changed since then. The different kind of Stanley Cup champions, Phil Kessel, our beloved, you know, Toronto Maple Leaf, the Toronto Trump. has <laughs> got himself a Stanley Cup. Uh, this episode, we're gonna go more in depth with the draft, though, and we brought our casual hockey fan Ryan Greco on from the show. He's gonna be joining myself, Crystal Cranitz, and as usual, David Morasuti and Jake Middleton. Guys, how's everybody doing? I mean, what are the thoughts on the Stanley Cup Finals and Phil Castle finally being a champion?
0: Oh, uh,
3: let's see. I actually wanted San Jose to win because I had a little bit of uh, money involved in that, but uh, you know what? Phil, just seeing him raise the cup like that you know he definitely deserved it he played he played his ass off in that in that final especially leading up to it with the HBK line which I think is like the greatest name for a hockey line like uh, so yeah I think every Leafs fan could be happy for Phil you saw that on Twitter and you saw a certain Toronto sports writer get roasted for it just shows that Phil Phil just needed a new spot and he did well in it or was that Simmons you're talking about?
2: Yeah. I hate that weasel. That's your buddy, man. Jake, you love Simmons.
4: I hate him so much. <laughs> uh,
5: just uh, as, as, a, as a guest of the Leafs podcast, I want to say hello to everyone, but also I'd also like to just let it be known that uh, uh, fuck Phil Castle uh <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, no, I'm uh, back at all
5: today, Ryan. The uh, the H B K line is absolutely perfect for Leafs fans because that's exactly what it was watching that happen, and uh, the blue and white curse is still living strong. And uh, yeah, to hell with him. Well, he did say he might bring the Stanley Cup to Toronto. He said there's a very that, very that's strong a
3: savage him. move. <laughs> <laughs> you know
2: what? Though I kind of like him doing that. I think yeah. it's comical.
3: I want him and Bozak to be on like a like a truck going through like Young Street. And just see what happens I would <laughs> go down with hot dogs and cookies if I was him everything everybody tripping him about
2: I'd
5: be, pel- I, I'd be pelting him with cookies
3: oh man he's gonna have like a hot dog vendor set up and you'll like have a picture of like Steve Siddons face on the cart maybe did like you him. see
4: did you see that uh, that hilarious thing uh, the article that he wrote to Toronto the the thing that was in that that uh, I, that like fake sports thing? Yeah, I don't, yeah. That was I don't think that was him.
3: That was definitely uh, no, obviously, yeah. but it was hilarious. Oh, it was definitely funny. For those of you that haven't seen it, it just Phil basically telling Toronto where to go. <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> where Sorry. to go. I think we'll we'll link that somewhere in the uh, in the in the uh, article. I'll link it in the
2: description of the podcast oh, as well. oh Thank God, because it, it's pretty comical. But to get back on a serious note. Today we were here to talk about the draft, preview the draft a bit. I mean, it's a big one for the Leafs. They got the number one pick. Uh, so we thought we'd bring on Ryan as a casual hockey fan to kind of create this draft preview for Dummies Guide almost, no offense, to kind of show you what to expect as
5: a casual fan <laughs> for the draft. <laughs> let, let me make one thing clear, everyone listening out there. I have not been paying attention to hockey for about the past five to six years. <laughs> like, it's been wow. that long.
3: Well, I know I Toronto Sports fans have just completely forgotten what anything that's going on in Toronto so you're not you're not alone then this. they keep asking so how uh, how are the Leafs doing with Phil there I'm like yeah Phil's gone <laughs> oh man I even knew
5: that one <laughs> to be fair <laughs> I
3: knew that one
5: so, so you got to give yourself a little more credit there Ryan I'll just say that it would just be bad if I was still asking so how about FNUF there how about that guy what's, what's going on with him he <laughs> still a captain <laughs>
2: Well, do you at least know who the Leafs are going to take with the first pick in the draft?
5: All right. Well, I, I actually, in light of this podcast, I did, I did have a couple of questions for the boys here. Um, I, I have to ask um, because I've been hearing all the rave about this kid even before the Leafs got the number one overall pick. So I just have to ask, uh, gentlemen, what's the big fucking deal about Austin Matthews? I, I, I really don't know what it is. Jake, let, let's let you take this one because I think Jake, you're... Jake, educate me. What, what's the big deal with this kid?
3: All right, for for the guy
4: that that says he hasn't paid attention in a while, he's he's really good. That's the big deal. I mean <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess I'm the I guess I'm the USA hockey master, considering I'm the only one that's down here. He's American? He is. He's actually from Scottsdale, Arizona, and he's half Mexican. He's think wait, about
5: that. Hold on.
4: Me- Mexicans hold on. playing hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell what Donald Trump he... that.
5: Though. Yeah, uh, uh, What? <laughs> <laughs> That's why Arizona wants him so bad. Jesus no, Christ. At... So he really wasn't playing, like, soccer? or He was he playing baseball,
4: to... but then he quit uh-huh. because he wanted to play hockey. He was better at hockey, apparently. How, apparently, how did he, he get good down
5: probably. there? Who did he play against? They actually
4: have a really good program called the Arizona Bobcats that I've actually played against. They were shit when we played them, but <laughs> I hear they've gotten a lot better. I'd hope so.
5: It's like, wait, did they they put him, did they, when he was like seven, did they like put him up there or like, uh, he's on the U 16 team as a seven year old.
2: Well, here, Jake, if you could walk us through something, since you've been fortunate to play in the U S hockey league, their developmental program doesn't get a lot of credit for the players they've been pumping out recently. Is it as good as it's like showing right now, or is it just kind of lightning in a bottle for them with a lot of good players at once?
4: Yeah, no, I mean, they actually pretty much set the, the whole the model for everyone to follow with regards to junior hockey. I mean, they have a program. It's called USNDP, NDTP, which is a U.S. Developmental Team uh, National Program, and it's up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And it's basically they select the best, kid, best 25 kids from an age group, and they get to go for school for free in Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is right next to the campus of University of Michigan. They play in the USHL, so they play together. And they play against college teams and stuff like that too. And it's just a great way to get guys of your age group to be able to play with each other so you're ready for tournaments. That's why the U.S. has been really good in tournaments because all these guys play together, unlike the Canadian team, but they've started to do that more. And the Russian team made theirs, so...
3: Yeah, see, I think the big difference between the, hockey, the development and especially in Canada these last few years has been the cost. Like in Canada, just to even play AAA hockey is like tens of thousands of dollars from what I've heard. And only those who can afford it get to play. And now with all these uh, issues with concussion and everything, I don't think many young Canadians are want a career in hockey or even pursue a career in hockey. I think that's where the U.S. is a little different in that regard, because they do start them really young. And as you said, to go into a school like that really makes a big difference. So that's why you're seeing a big uh, big like change, especially with all these American players dominating the draft. Players like Chuck, uh, you got Matt Clayton Keller. Yep. No. Logan Brown's American all. too, no?
5: Yep,
4: all those kids played on the same team.
5: So I got a, a question here, guys, then, as um, – from what I've been hearing then, because, you know, as as Chris knows, and I think as you guys also know, I cover a lot of basketball on the site, and um, from a lot of the programs that have been in place for decades in basketball, it seems like hockey in America, a lot of the hockey organizations in America have kind of taken uh, some of those ideas and kind of transferred into the game of hockey, having these kids all play each other uh, consistently to the point of why you guys are saying that the Americans have been doing a lot better in these international tournaments or any of these other big tournaments going on, why they've been dominating the draft system. Uh, they've kind of just used a system that's worked so well for them in sports, and they're now kind of translating more towards hockey. Is that a fair assessment? Or
4: Actually, I think of all, all U.S. sports, USA hockey's probably got the best developmental program. I mean, I know with basketball, uh, some kids from my area that have played is like Kyrie Irving played against my high school, Carl uh, Anthony Towns on the Timberwolves. Um, like a bunch of players have been around cause New Jersey's a really good state for basketball yeah, and they great. don't, they don't have that. They have like AAU, which is, you probably know AAU. Yeah, we got they, bas- here. they basically yeah, we got have AAU there. and basically in the U.S. it's just massive in high school. And a lot of the kids either go to prep schools because the prep leagues are insane. And then they just go straight to college. There's actually, like, the company I work at is called, like, Von Wagner Sports and Entertainment. One of our biggest competitors is IMG. And they actually have a a school where they take, like, really talented athletes and, like, baseball and basketball. And they actually play other prep schools it's basically like a semi-pro league it's like ridiculous
2: yeah they are the best football program right now in, in america
4: whoa where are you getting that from
2: img academy in florida in bradenton chris winky runs it
4: hey uh, all i know is uh the school a couple miles down from me don bosco prep's been won two yeah, national titles in
2: the past five years go check img right now 10 of the top 50 recruits are from there Even all right David i'll Moses check man
4: I thought I knew everything, though, but we'll see.
2: Check <laughs> well, if you know everything, then why is there still talk about uh, Patrick Line possibly being taken over Matthews?
4: Yeah, that's just for TV. That's for people to <laughs> to sell to sell those things. But you know, anybody that knows or watches hockey knows that that's not really a conversation. Okay. Well, Although I'm... he'd be nice, <laughs> Buffalo Bill, as as the Overdrive guys call him, but yeah, I don't snapping.
5: Uh, I, well, even with that being said, now, um, my other question for you boys is um, with the number one overall pick, um, be me being a, a cynical bandwagon style Leafs fan, with the number one overall pick, what's the worst blue and white curse scenario come draft pick? Sorry, come draft day for this team? What's the worst thing that they could do?
4: I mean, it's pretty hard to mess it up, but it would probably be taking line A. That's I the worst like that's case right. scenario Yeah, because yeah. well, you could be blind and just by listening to the talk about both of them, you could pick the right guy. I mean, it's that cut and cut and dry. Are we talking? I, Go I ahead. have Sorry. so much faith in this, this front office too. Yeah. I mean, they've made some incredible picks. So, I mean, you can't fault them, but hey, we'll see.
2: I think the worst thing they could possibly do is take Alex Nylander, number one overall, and think that they're getting like the Sedines part two. And this is being the stupidest thing I could possibly think of right now. And I don't <laughs> even—I don't even know like what they could do to. Or, even, to, or, even, or, even,
3: or even Matthew Ch- uh, to Chuck who's supposed to go like four or five. Yeah. Just because he's from the London Knights and Mark Hunter, who's their head uh, head scout, <laughs> you know, he you know his relationship with London Knights, but no, I don't think they're going to do anything that stupid. You know. We got rid of those stupid guys a couple years ago. so There are
5: no uh, J.P. Richardis left in the boardroom, oh, I'm don't hearing. Start. Don't bring that dickhead into this
1: room.
5: <laughs> well, all right. Uh, last, uh, Another question. Uh, is there anyone else the Leafs could pick, number one overall, that everyone in this room could be satisfied? Is there any deal that could happen that would satisfy you guys other than them taking Austin Matthews? Jake? They'd have to
4: pretty much rob the Arizona Coyotes out of, I, in my opinion, two first-round picks, Dylan Strone or Christian Dvorak and Max Domi. That's the only way I'm doing it. But I don't think there's any way. We've waited 10 years to get this kid. You, know, you, you, you can't give up on a guy that's supposed to be this good. You just can't.
2: Chris? No, I totally agree. I think you would need a king's ransom to actually move this pick and then some. Like you know what people want in terms of Austin Matthews, how much they need him. Quote unquote Arizona. Their 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 GM said the interest is not true, but we all know it is. It's gotta be a lot. Dave?
3: Yeah, no, it has to be uh, like it has to be like a Connor McDavid for like the first overall pick and something else from the Leafs. That's the only way I could see that happening. Like and even though the Edmonton would be like stupid to trade Conor but at this point with Edmonton anything can happen. Um, and I'm being serious. Like I'm not even joking about that. Like Edmonton could do anything right now. But they uh... traded Gretzky, right, <laughs> <laughs>
4: for like you... cash considerations. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: really. When you think about
5: it, what they trade him for? Yeah, like really. We've... Edmonton shouldn't be allowed to exist right now at this point. From everything I've uh, I've heard. City in the of Champions, hours. brother. <laughs> you don't even want to get me
4: started.
2: There's only one other guy that gets Jake way more than the City of Edmonton.
3: That's, I, I hate them that's so the much. The best
2: defenseman man. in the draft, Jacob Chichurin.
3: Oh, Chichurin! Chichurin! Oh, Chichurin! You gotta if you're gonna insult the guy, at least say the name properly, Chris. Chichurin, <laughs> yeah.
4: Jeez, <laughs> he's from Florida too. <laughs> <laughs> that's another,
3: that's another that's Southern belt guy. <laughs> oh
4: you God. bring up Chichurin and Wait,
2: just gets Jake going.
3: Hey, okay, look, look, look! But Jake actually tried to kind of defend Chichurin there, Chris. I think there was like some reverse psychology there he tried to use <laughs> on theres a, There's
4: a Southern, there's a Southern hockey star.
2: <laughs> easy, <Nope>. Batman. Easy. <laughs> oh,
5: God. Yeah, God.
4: that'll make him a little happy there. Same with Nylander. He's played in Chicago. Yep. But that's actually a good hockey program.
2: Okay, Florida's here,
4: trash. Just to get it.
2: I got to ask you and Dave a, this, then, trash. to break it down for most Leaf fans out there that may not be following like Ryan. How does Austin Matthews fit in with the Leafs, then?
4: Perfectly. I, I can't <laughs> imagine a more perfect fit that you could ever think of for a player. I mean,. They have not had a number one franchise center since Sadin retired in what? Oh six or 07? When Cedine, did he leave?
3: Sadin left in. I yeah. even wrote about this. Hold Cedine, on. on. Two thousand and eight. He
5: left after the two thousand and eight season. I'm hold on. I'm writing this down in my notes,
0: Matthews.
5: Is, <laughs> well, because he left before the Leafs got Kessel, so he he left. Capital in, letters. Sorry, sorry, Dave. My all past. caps,
4: not just all caps, not just capital. All caps.
5: Letters. Perfect. Perfect. Easy. T exclamation mark. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Dave. Sorry to interrupt there, buddy. My bad. No no that's it's fine. Uh no no, just
3: going with what Jay said there is like the Leafs have a lot of players who uh, who can display great offensive talent. You got William Nylander Mitch Marner, uh, you can even include some like Kasperi Kapanen. They got players who have that offensive instinct to just attack. But they don't have a guy who's willing to go back and sacrifice himself defensively. Which you need now in the NHL, especially in the playoffs, to get your team to the next level, and that's what Austin Matthews is.
5: Are you saying that they're all pussies?
3: Well, I'm not saying they're pussies, but we've heard Mike Babcock say that they kinda of have to put a little effort in the other side of the ring. He wants some grit. He wants he wants a little grit. And Austin Matthews will give that effort. He will but he doesn't lose his offensive talent. Like ah. His shot I can compare it to like Joe Sakic, elite. Okay, hold on, Dave. Dave, hold on, hold
2: on. I think he's all around elite, though. To be
3: honest, Matthews is not a pussy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, just okay. and just to confirm, yeah, Matt Sundin left after the two thousand seven, two thousand eight season to go to Vancouver. So, just and he had seventy eight points in seventy
5: four games in that last season with the Leafs. So, so there so, you go. I, That's
4: what we're getting.
5: Awesome. So, like, and um, Sundin should have retired anyway. That was. Right after the, Leafs. I mean,
4: he should have accepted a trade to Philly that would have gotten us Jeff Carter and and the pick that would have been Claude Drew, but yeah, that's for another day. Yeah. Uh, Why you gotta do this? Why you gotta do this? Because I listen to Overdrive and they say this. They, just, <laughs> they they just love getting O'Neal so fired. I was up. just about to say and, you were and literally I'm trying like to. i like
3: a baby O'Neal because I'm just like God. I hate you now. Or was there also <laughs> the time where they were going to try to trade uh, Thomas Cavalier over to Edmonton? I heard that rumor too, and he, he turned it down as well. So, yep. The time that John Ferguson Jr. actually wanted to do something, but when he gives these guys a no trade clause, they yeah, actually backfires. Yeah, he's a dumbass. Don't give anybody a no trade clause. If, if, so, I don't know, Ryan, if you know John Ferguson Jr., but he's probably the equivalent of J.P. Ricciardi. I cannot confirm or deny. He's like Rod have...
2: Babcock for the Raptors.
3: <laughs> Rob... Oh, Shit.
2: I draft a Ruggio. I trade VC for a bag of pucks that I came and even yeah. use on a basketball court. He's like that kind of guy.
4: No, he's like James Dolan for the Knicks. What? This is a new level <laughs> of incompetence. <a> <laughs> he's a moron. God. He that, was horrible.
5: That is the abyss of sports. So uh, was a I'm,
4: jackass. <laughs>
5: <laughs> what, I, what I'm getting from this is, is things are looking up, right? Things, things are... They are. They, they, they had to hit for rock even, bottom, but now things are, are getting better.
4: Yes, for even the most cynical of people, and I am one of the most... I've been cheering for this team to lose for two years. Like, literally cheering for them to lose.
2: Yeah, we've talked about this a lot, actually. Yeah, and,
4: and I was so happy that they got dead last, because I knew the team that got last was going to get it, and Edmonton, for actually trying to win games, almost got there. And if they got it again, I swear I would have burned their new building down. <laughs>
2: Okay, here. Who do you guys think Austin Matthews would play with then? Because I've heard a lot of talk about how JVR and Marner might be a good fit or even JVR and Nylander. Who do you guys think he's best suited to play with in presumably a top six role?
3: I would say JVR definitely. Um, You could have – I mean, it's tough. I think Mitch Marner would – I think they wanted to play the wing just because that reliability to play defensively as a centerman would be too much for him in his first year. So you could have Marner, but that means you would probably put them second line. I wouldn't do that as the first line because that would be a lot for – even for a player like Matthews in his first year. So let's say you have Nylander, Kadri, and I guess right wing, you would go Komarov and then, or Hyman, and then you have JVR, Matthews, and, Mar- and Marner. That's a pretty good top six you got right there. It's going to be a young developing top six, but it's going to be a good one. That's – I think that would be a good mix right there. Jake, I don't know, maybe if you agree or disagree with me. Yeah,
4: I actually had this lined up. I mean, obviously I'm not going to – Matthews, I'm not going to put an 18-year-old on our first line. Um, but I have it – basically I have it lined up that it's Kadri on the first line with Nylander and Komarov, and then in the second line I would have – um I'd have, yeah, Marner, JVR, and Matthews, because I think that would be the, the best possible uh, linemates for him.
3: The other thing I could even suggest, maybe instead of having Marner play the second line, so you put Hyman there, and then you put Marner on the third line if Bozak sticks around. But there's also Are you this- serious? You're going to put Zach Hyman on Wait.
4: the second line?
3: Come on, Chris. Stop. Well, it's not Chris. It's Dave.
4: Oh, Dave, Dave. Dave. <laughs> Come There's on, so Jacob. Chris,
3: Chris is just sitting here silently taking this abuse. Around. Come Dude. on, Jacob. Only, no wonder he jumped your bones. I'm not, but I'm not suggesting that Marner be the third line forever. Like, just to, just to start. Still, you're talking about a guy that that's
4: like Mr. Tryhard. Yeah, you love him on your team, but you hate him. Everybody does.
2: I feel like his ceiling is Darren Helm. That's a skater. very good ceiling. Yeah, I feel like that's a good ceiling for him. He's a specialist, yeah. specialist player, great skater, agitator a bit. Can help chip in in the playoffs, but I feel like that's it.
4: I think I think that fourth line should be. I think it, next year it should be uh, Gauthier with with uh, Soshnikov
3: and Hyman. I, that's what I think it would be. Oh, so you think? Okay, well, how about what do you think Connor Brown fits inside? Do you put him as a third line then? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say third
4: line with Bozak and and probably Mahalik or something like that. We still got Brooks like and a lot of other
2: guys there. Colin Greening. I mean, these are guys. Yeah, like... but don't let's forget, just they're...
4: let's just say, have you seen Brooks like's wife? Let's just say they're going to go on a long vacation next year. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, that's that's going to be that, oh, that, that vacation spot is probably going to be occupied by Joffrey Lupo. But I think we'll talk about him later. But there's, but maybe Ryan Ryan's probably heard. There's the biggest wild card for the Leafs in this situation is. Comes free agency. Oh, he's
2: aware of Stamkos. This, I mean, this, he doesn't live under a rock.
3: Aware.
5: This I'm aware of. This, this I
3: know. That's probably the biggest wild card to what they do with Matthews. Because if they get
5: Stamkos, if they pick Matthews, I mean, the blue and white center. curse is still on. I mean, if they pick Matthews,
3: no, so the blue and white curse would be Stan- <laughs> the blue and white curse would be Stamkos going to Montreal.
2: You think so? I think him coming here and like his blood clots acting up and not being healthy would be a bigger curse than going to
5: Montreal. I I I'm gonna have to completely agree on that one. I think that would yeah. be the absolute worst case scenario. Signing
4: him, paying him a ton, and like having Chris him Boss be Boss levels of,
5: of lung oh. of blood clots. But
3: they're insuring that contract, unlike Columbus with Horton. At least they wouldn't. I I don't know why you don't do that before. I mean, I'm just
4: a simple man that works in sports marketing. That just seems like an intelligent thing to do. <laughs> I
3: don't know. How, I don't know. I know Columbus doesn't have a lot of money.
4: No, the, NHS, the thing but... I hate is NHLs don't do, have fully guaranteed contracts. That's a joke. That'll that's change. what I like about the NFL. Yeah. Yep. Have guaranteed money so these guys don't sit around like slobs. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's true.
2: That's a good point. Well, here, not to deviate too far off the draft here because Ryan only knows that we're taking Austin Matthews with the first pick, and
5: that's about it. I know. I know. Fuck all else after, after oh, okay. that.
2: What do you guys think? They, they have twelve picks in this draft. So, what do you guys think they're going to do with some of the other picks, like thirty and thirty-one, for example? Is there anybody you see being an ideal fit at those slots? Uh, yeah,
4: I actually got quite a little. Uh, when I was on my plane back from Toronto, I bought this amazing hockey news draft preview thing, and it gave me a terrific list of players. But um, do the tell, guys do that tell or me.
5: I said, do tell,
4: do tell. Okay. Um, but just a couple of the guys that I've been looking at. The guy I love personally in this draft is Pascal Le For that, okay, I mean, Pascal. I watched him in the in the Cherry versus Orr prospect game. He scored two goals and had an assist. He played with Pierre luc Dubois. He plays for the Victoriaville uh, the, te- the Victoriaville team in the QMJHL. And he's not. He's actually. I thought he was way smaller. I thought he was like five nine. I did not know he was six one. That shocked me, but I thought he was a really good player. He had a good year this year. I think he had like 70 points or something. He was on that under-18 team with the Tyson Jost and uh, the other defenseman that plays in Penticton. His name eludes me at this point. I think Fabro. Um, but I like him. I like Cliff Pooh. I like Carter Hart. Um, I like Tyler Parsons. I like the Russian kid. Uh, who was a part of that scandal, German uh, Rubsoff, the guy, the Melodonium kid, and uh, that's it for that position.
2: Did you say Samuel Gerard too?
4: I did not. What are your thoughts on him? I know he played in the queue, but small. I don't like that he's small. Yeah, he's kind of small. I'm trying to go above six feet from now on. I mean, I know a lot of people are talking about Alex DeBrinckit, but Jesus, man, that's the last place I would, I would go. Isn't he like
2: 5'6"? Yeah, no, I think he's like 5'7", five, 5'6", five, 145 pounds. Okay, more Jeez, than that. But Christ, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think there's any room for these small, speedy guys
3: anymore? You, no, I, we got I, enough of them. We have we a lot. Get bigger. Yeah, yeah, we do. We got a lot of those. Um, do you see, when I look at the Leafs, the Leafs have the 30th overall pick. And they have the thirty-first overall pick. Yeah, I was listening to uh, on uh, TSN 1050 on my way here. Actually, uh, I can't remember who they're talking to, but they were talking about the lead, the draft picks. the Leafs have. I don't think I don't see a scenario where the Leafs don't draft trade up. Like they have to trade up at the like they have the those two picks side by side. You could probably move up and get a guy like, uh, I think I was, I wrote in my article, like a player like Jake Bean. Jake Bean would be awesome. Like a defenseman. If,
4: that's, that's. Yeah. Like... If, if you could trade up to, say, I'm going to spitball your 12, 12, and you can get a guy like a, like a Charlie McAvoy, a Dante Fabro, yeah. maybe even a Jacob Chickren or, <laughs> <laughs> or Jake, or Jake so Bean. Pissed. I mean, That'd be obviously the perfect scenario. Or the guy I love is Sergachev, the rushing kid for for Windsor. Yeah, I don't. I think though. he goes like seven yeah. or eight. I think. But I mean, that'd be great. Another thing that I think would be really cool if they trade up is to get Nylander. I mean, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. I don't think it's very possible. They would I have... think it would cost them a lot more
3: than yeah. than uh, thirty and thirty-one. It's going to cost them probably a player or prospect that's got some. Uh... That they, I don't know what prospect we would equate to in that deal, but it would cost them at least a player and the draft picks as well.
2: That might not be a bad thing though. We consider the Leafs are getting up near that fifty-man roster maximum limit, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to yeah, have contract, to shed space yeah. with players, right? They're going to have to get rid of some guys to kind of create space.
3: I, I can see them doing what they did last you know, this past season by getting Michael Grabner, trading five prospects who didn't have a future with the team, and get a guy who they just needed. New York just needed the cap dump. Which make that makes sense again. I think uh, that wouldn't surprise me. There are some there are some prospects with the Marlies who are on the fringe that they don't know what's really going on with them. So if I'm the Leafs, you can they have they have that option, but they don't even have to do that at the draft. They can do that afterwards. Afterwards. So I mean, I, I I'll would... be the
4: I'll be the first one to say Ryan. If you're still a
3: casual hockey
4: fan, if you like trades and you like playing NHL 16, watch the draft. I'll say fifth, minimum fifteen trades happen.
2: No, I feel like that might even be low. That's fifteen. As That's, that any, that's is...
4: almost. That's that's almost. That's half a deal per team.
2: No, I know, I know, but I feel like there might be some teams that make multiple.
4: Just. Cause... I think the Leafs make four. I think, from what I heard from Pierre LeBrun today on the radio, and what he said on ESPN, I think they're going to go and get Freddie Anderson. I'm going to put mm-hmm. that in the bank. I will tell you now. Get. Put in on your projected roster, Freddie Anderson. I think it's going to happen.
2: I'll make sure I move the lines accordingly for you there and, to uh, put the chalk up there, minus, minus 250. You're
3: welcome. And just to educate, uh, Ryan, the Leafs' goaltending situation has been uh, awful.
5: <laughs> I was actually just about to ask that. I go, so, yeah, What I've heard a lot of talk about, uh, you know, it's horrible lines. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of funny. I, I stopped watching hockey around the same time Ed Belfour left. So, uh, yeah. I've never heard much Last since time then. We had
3: a good goalie. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. So we had what in that time? We had Andrew Raycroft, uh, James. Martin Reimer, Gerber. Hold on, hold Martin
5: on, hold on. Gerber. I have a story about Gerber. Okay. Ooh, you got a story. I have a story. I do have a story. So <laughs> I got a
3: story for you next, though. Story time. Okay. Story time.
5: Story time. Okay, I'll keep. I'll try and keep it brief. Um, so I was dating this girl, and um, she was. I had just kind of finished playing hockey, and I was just out of it, but I was still kind of casually watching, as, hence being a casual fan. I still casually watched the game. And uh, so my girlfriend thought it would be a neat idea to get me a, a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. And uh, her being, um, she's a sweetheart, but she was also Jamaican, so she absolutely had no idea necessarily what she was uh, doing anyway when she walked into the store asking for a, uh, asking for a jersey. And so I, I think just because the guy might, might have just been trying to get rid of stock uh, she she had told him that I used to be a goalie, and so he goes, "Oh, do I have the thing for you?" So uh, come, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> come come time for my birthday, I uh, I happened to uh, to uh, get a, a Leafs jersey, and I went, "Oh, well, that's really nice." You know, it's still a very expensive jersey. She said, I got this great great deal. You know, you have no idea how much of a great deal. And he told me it was a goalie, and I know that you used to be a goalie, so it's just like you. And I go, "Great, cool. Who who is it?" And then I flipped it over, and I. I was like, "Who the fuck is is Garber?" <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I looked at her and I went, I, "I was like, Babe, that's a really sweet gift, but I have no idea who the fuck Garber is." And <laughs> Garber. she went, "I, I don't it, know either, but it was a great deal." No I actually to do some, I had to, I had to Google it, and I looked around, and I saw, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" So well, that was. That you was...
4: want a little history lesson on who Martin Gerber is? I, would <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to do that. Yeah. I, so I would love—I would love to know who shit, <laughs> this Screwed piece us. of shit gets traded to the terrible Toronto Maple Leafs. I think this is 09.
1: Yeah, he gets traded yes. to the
4: terrible Toronto Maple Leafs team at the trade deadline. They're the worst team in the league. It's not even close. So they get traded here. This scumbag shows up. In his first three games, doesn't he get back-to-back shutouts? Yeah. And then another one? <laughs> uh. So, short, short story, the Leafs end up winning a shitload of games with his asshole. They end up getting the seventh pick. They would have gotten the second pick, which was Victor Hedman. Victor fucking Hedman. Guys taken after him? Oh, Matt Duchesne, Evander Kane, Braden Shen, Oliver ekman Larson. The Leafs got fucking Nazem Kadri. <laughs>
5: uh, Hold on. Was, Wait a minute. I just pulled a caveman SpongeBob meme right there. <laughs> we could have had all those guys. Now, keep in mind, remember, I don't live under a rock. I do know who those people are. So, we could have gotten all those guys if it wasn't for fucking Martin Gerber.
3: Martin Gerber and. Gerber. Gerber and Boyd Devereaux. I think it was Boyd Devereaux who had two goals. Fucking Garber In his last. So, in that season, it was, was his last, last NHL game. He was the Ottawa Senators. What? Yeah. Okay. He, and then he fucked off. He. Okay. he That—that's how sweet you know. It's my buddy Steve Dangle. He told uh, the story actually. He Dangle. told us. He tells the story all the time. But the Leafs needed to lose to at least be guaranteed top five. Top five. Top five. Boy Devro in his final NHL game. Scores two goals and I think the least beat the senators like five three or five two. Yeah, it was something and, ridiculous on the yep, last night. It was five two. Oh, and no they worries. and they and they end up picking seventh.
5: <laughs> so, so it was one show. final F U to the fans, the blue and white That that
3: is Jesus. the definition of the blue and white curse. That's that's the blue and white curse. Fuck.
1: B O O
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at it now. After they (laughs) after they uh, acquired Martin Gerber, his next six starts, he went five and one. They lost. The only game they lost was in goddamn overtime. Um, What a
5: dick.
3: (laughs) But but it did bring that season did bring my best memory because I remember Gerber. It was the Leafs versus the Capitals. Late in the game, Gerber got tossed because he pushed the ref. Because the goal was let in and he didn't like the, the call by the ref. Oh, so he pushed, he pushes the ref, gets kicked out. My favorite Leafs goalie of all time, Curtis Joseph, comes in and gives the vintage Cujo performance, robbing the Capitals <laughs> in overtime, in the shootout. But the bittersweet part of that was that the Leafs got two points instead of one <laughs> out of that. But it did bring me... The only thing Martin Gruber ever did bring me was that
5: Cujo moment. But yeah, Gerber didn't really bring much else after that. So you'll then, you boys will all be happy to know that uh, that that Gerber jersey is no longer in my possession.
3: Thank God! Yeah, I hope it's because I would I would have asked for it. Right
5: I think now. I think it became uh, one of my neighbor's dog's chew toys or something like that. Because they, they're or Canadians fans, so I mean, or the
4: nest or the or the mating nest of a moth. A moth. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh no!
4: But just just to know how terrible the Leafs' gold thing is right now. Garrett Sparks, who was the number 1 goaltender for the Leafs going down. I actually played him and I scored on him when we played the Chicago Mission in I think 2010. I scored on him. Did you go bar down? I no, I I think I beat him. I think it was like right in between his glove, like pretty much chest side. It was a terrible goal. And it went in. I'm just like, this guy sucks. We were
5: terrible. Are, are you saying that we could somehow get him on the podcast so we can tell him how shit he is? Or... No, <laughs> what well, wow. Jake's like, saying is he could snipe <laughs> on him again. <laughs> <Yeah>. There you <laughs> go. Great. I'd be like, hey, Garrett, remember
4: when you were playing that, that trash New Jersey team and you, you let in those two goals? Yeah, I scored one of them. And he'd be like, who are you? Because <laughs> they dusted us. I think it was like 11-2. That's
3: nah, all good. <laughs> the thing about Gary Sparks I think William Nylander might have been on that team. The mission team? I probably wasn't, but they were good. Well, you guys would have been crushed if Nylander played on that team, though. (laughs) Ryan Hartman was on that team for sure. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: You love Ryan Hartman, man. That's your dude. Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Now, the other thing about the goaltending. I mean, Sparks, it was a tough goal for him in the NHL, and the playoffs are definitely a tough goal for the Marlies goaltending, especially Vivo. But I think yeah, I could definitely see the Leafs trading for a goalie because there's no way Jonathan Bernier is going to be playing the whole this season as the number one. No shot. Yeah. The issue is what you I mean. The Leafs do get a goalie. What can they get rid of Bernie? Do they try to get rid of Bernier? I mean,
5: I, I, I must actually. I'm. Uh, I do have to kind of jump in here for a second because I, I'm not gonna lie. Other than really, I mean, like maybe Lundqvist or Carey Price. I have never heard any real serious, sexy goaltending names come out of, of the NHL for quite some time. Like, it always it's just Brayden seems Holpe's like. Braden Holpe's one now? Sorry? Braden Holpe? Yeah, yeah. yeah Braden Holpe, he actually he did he break Martin Broder's uh, single season victories record, or was it? No, he didn't, just,
4: because Broder yeah. used to play like 150 games. So yeah. The guy, <laughs> the guy was an asshole. I think Broder, I think Broder
3: once played 79 games um, in a season or something like that. It's ridiculous.
4: Yeah. I played with his kid. His kid's an asshole,
3: too.
2: Yeah, I saw him at the OHL Combine last year, actually. Him and you, the, the, Roberts you know the
4: you know you know about uh, Broder's wife. He pulled a savage move. Actually, he divorced his wife and then married her sister. Wait, what? What? <laughs> That's, That's what
2: Shanahan. That's Shanahan. Scooped his well. His old teammate was dating. Was married to this girl, and they got divorced, and then Shanahan ended up marrying her. I think it was yeah, back yeah, Mart- Hart Martin
5: is. Broder's what, wife at the time. What is it with hockey players and keeping it in the family? Jesus.
4: Yeah, I don't know. He he divorced her and then married the sister. Bobby Big Wheels. Holy
5: crow. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm I'm learning way too much information here as the casual fan right now. (laughs) You're welcome. We're just just letting you know on on the stuff. Thanks, Jake.
4: He he lives in New Jersey, but his family still lives here. They live in, like, Alpine County, which is, like, if you're not Jay-Z, you're not living there. Yeah, it's Rich. (laughs) Rich is an understatement. The biggest house there is actually still Ilya Kovalchuk's, the one he built. (laughs)
2: Which is... (laughs) That You've seen Mike Vick's house, right? I don't know if you guys have seen that before. It, like, yeah, I've seen it. It, it, it kind of dwarfs that a little bit.
4: Well, okay, let's just say that area land in northern New Jersey is a lot cheaper, a lot more expensive than in goddamn Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he a It's in up. Virginia. <laughs> huh? Wait, it was in Virginia? Yeah, Mike oh, Vick's God. house was in Virginia. Not the one where he did all that stuff to
2: the dog.
3: Yeah, dogs. yeah, yeah. The house was huge. Oh. Jake, I'm just going to tell you right now just to uh, kind of correct your story there. You are almost, you were close about the Martin Brodeur story. I just looked it up. So at the time, Bro, the Brodeur's wife, I'm just trying to get the name here, Melanie Dubois. Okay, so Melanie Dubois, he, they married in 2000, 1995. So he, she filed for divorce, and apparently uh, the reason why they got divorced was he was having an affair with his current wife, Jean-Vivre Nol, who was married to Melanie's brother. Oh, so, okay. That, right. You were close. It wasn't, right. There weren't sisters, but she was married to...
5: There was a relationship there. So it was still, still. Screw, still screwed up. Sisters
3: in
1: love. Yeah,
5: for but, sure. That's, that's only slightly less disgusting in a sense. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a little awkward. But uh, actually, back to my original point, boys. Um, I... I I really haven't heard or seen of any really major uh, goaltending names besides like really the three that we just already mentioned. So um, is there any real specific reason as, so, as someone as such as myself who might be getting back into the game, so to speak, in the next couple of years as the Leafs uh, finally decide to not be shit? Um, is there a specific reason why there hasn't been so many like I've just been hearing a lot of things about goaltenders just not staying consistent and guys and, and really more splitting time? In between, uh, in between roles as opposed to there just being one clear starter and one clear backup. Is there any specific reason for that trend?
3: I think I wanted to... The big thing about goaltending is it's a mental game. A lot of goaltenders now have goalie coaches to try to help them. mechanic, can't, like, you no know, technically try to help them with their positioning, help them with their game. But a lot of the times, it's a mental game. So you could have a goalie like Jonathan Bernier, who wasn't terrible when the Leafs picked him up. He was actually a pretty decent goalie. He had a good season.
5: Like a, I heard about that. The only reason he wasn't starting was because of a Jonathan Quick, correct? Yep, that like that would be a good gaudy reason numbers.
3: Kind of be a good reason why not start, but <laughs> but then he came to Toronto. He had a pretty he had a pretty decent season. Kind of he took uh, James Reimer's starting job, and then just after that it unraveled. I think just the the type of market that Toronto is, and just trying to play in that, it's tough, and the the mental effect that it has on a boy like him. He doesn't seem like I. I don't mean to uh, try to be mean, but Bernie doesn't seem like the most mentally tough person. Just when I hear him talk, like he thought Nelson Mandela was a hockey player, so his IQ level may not also be <laughs> very high as well. But I, I'll never forget hearing that. <laughs> um, but it's it's a mental thing. Like a lot of goalies lose it mentally when the, when pucks going in and they don't know why. Or like Bernie's letting some goals that no goaltender should let in. It. it Takes a toll mentally. I think that was the biggest reason.
5: Uh, did it have anything to do as well with the fact that there were uh, shit players in front of him, or was that just a byproduct? Hundred percent was because they had shit players. Well, out. that
3: too. I mean, Carey, but carry Price is also not like. Well, you can carry a team, like but it takes a goalie like carry Price to do it. And nice little burn. pun there. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I was waiting for someone to say it.
3: Yeah, but I mean, yeah. It, again, it also takes a good team to help a goalie out. I mean, Matt Murray. He's a good goalie, but he also had a really good Pittsburgh Penguins team in front of him, and especially how many shots they block in that finals against San Jose. So they made his job really easy. Players can, Your team can make your job easier, but as a goalie, you also are that last line of defense.
2: Well, the Leafs are kind of trying to transition to a more puck possession team, so that should help the goalie as well, you think. I mean, if you have the puck, he can't get a shot against you, just to make like an easy analogy there. But the Leafs are trying to get into that more, right? So I think that might help their goaltending situation out as well. Because you look at teams, look look at this year, for example, the Penguins and the Sharks in the finals. Before Martin Jones was in L.A., he went to San Jose and nobody knew if he could be a number one guy. Matt Murray kind of stole the spotlight from Marc-Andre Fleury when he went down with an injury. Neither of those two guys entering the season were expected to be number one goalies, Mm -hmm. and now they are. So I kind of think the Leafs might stumble onto something here and... uh, Kind of let it be a byproduct of their transition to possession game. So something I think the goaltending situation might not be as as bleak as people are thinking.
3: Well, and that's why a goalie like Frederick Anderson would be perfect for this team. Because did you see how he played in round one for Anaheim? Yeah, he's amazing. Without, without Anderson, that probably could have been a sweep. Sweep. Because Anaheim could not score. They got crushed. Anaheim could defend. They couldn't score. That was their problem. And I think I, I wrote it in the in my in my article about the storylines and Leafs trying to go after a goalie like Anderson. He had a .947 save percentage, which is really good. And it's incredible. His, and his goals against average was below two. One 1-4-1. Yeah, the it was 1-4-1. For, yeah, like that's unheard of. Your team should win the win, series. Yeah. Win the series with goaltending like that. And they had John Gibson as the backup, who was actually probably even. I would say better than Anderson in my mind because he he got that team into the playoffs. Like that ten got that team into the playoffs. The pride like,
4: of Pittsburgh, right there, <laughs> and a the Leafs draft pick. But that's for another day. Oh, God, that
2: I, I think we should actually come back and do an episode before the draft starts about how many picks the Leafs would trade away and how many players it became. Well, and well, what they are? By how
3: how about what the t- Leafs would have been like if they hadn't traded away draft picks? We'd we'd, we'd be winning
4: five straight titles.
5: And also, I think that episode would take us right into the draft, like physically. Yeah, like Maybe the longest podcast ever. We might be able to go for like a Guinness record or something. But
4: to answer the question that Ryan had with with regards to why goaltenders, there's no real elite ones, I think it's because it's, they're so close to the mean now. Like the How much talent there's in the goaltending position mm. is way higher than it was back in the day. I mean, you put Gretzky in the league today, he's getting half as many points. He's scoring against Darren Pang who's 5-6. Now you got Ben Bishop who's 6 seven, 240 and can do the splits like yeah,
3: you're gorilla. literally
4: shooting around a gorilla. Yeah. But I mean all these guys are so big, they're so athletic and they're easily the best athletes on the ice and they're all really good. So to be considered elite you have to do something <laughs> that really stamps your your legacy as one of the best in the league. I mean For superstar goalies, I think I'll run down the list of guys I think. Obviously, Carey Price, Braden Holtby, Jonathan Quick, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, Ben Bishop. I think Corey Crawford is a superstar. I mean, I know everybody doesn't agree with me, but I think he is. And then Corey Schneider. Those are the guys that I think are superstars. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: And, I mean, that's still a very small amount. That's, I think, six guys. But... I mean, the, just goaltending league league around around the league has just gotten so good that it, it's it's not as neg- negligible as it was back in the day when you had Dominic Hasek and then you had to go to what's Michael Telquist like? There's a big difference between the Dominator and Michael Telquist mm-hmm. if you remember who that is. Oh yeah. six Leafs. <laughs>
3: well, yeah. Yeah. I mean. You look at the playoffs this year. What team, other than like Philly, when they had to uh, make that change to Michael Neuverth, But what team had terrible goaltending? Like None. really bad. And Nyrvirth
4: was good too. Yeah,
3: Neuverth he was the reason they won. I would, I would even try like if you're looking at a cheaper option goalie. I know he's a free agent after after this after next season. But why not try to see if Philly can get like give up Nyrvirth? Because I don't think he's going to stick around in Philly. Unless they somehow can make Steve Mason go away. But I don't think that's going to happen. But every that's the main key. That's the key component you're going to need for a Stanley Cup champion. You can get really good players. Like Pittsburgh's biggest problem for the last couple of playoff series has been... Depth. Yeah, yeah depth and goaltending. Fleury would have these mental lapses and it would cost the Penguins games which can't happen in the playoffs. Well, even coaching, too. I mean, Bilesma's
2: yeah. whole dump it deep and try and dump and chase the puck the whole time isn't the most ideal thing.
3: Especially when you have Sidney Crosby on your team and getting Crosby. Yeah,
2: it doesn't make sense the way they were playing. So I think having Mike Sullivan come in and really dictate the pace and have them play a more possession-oriented game has helped them tons. And we saw that, but they, they became deeper because of it, in my opinion, where they could actually go three lines deep, where in the past they would go two lines and really depend on their power play. And if you look back at the old Penguins teams, almost forty percent of
3: their goals were coming on the power play. Mm-hmm. That's not ideal. No, definitely not. So I think we got that goaltending part. I think we got it pretty locked Thanks, down, gentlemen.
2: I really <laughs> appreciate that. Well, here to close out the draft for you, can we all agree this is a pretty deep draft?
4: Yeah. Yes. Um. Actually, I think I think I think it's last. top heavy. I think after the there's like a big gap between one, two, three, or. One, two, and then three through five, I think. And then there's another gap. It goes in layers, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think when you go between, let's say, 20 to 50, there's not that much of a difference. But I would say it's a pretty average draft. It's it's obviously top-heavy, like last year was. But overall, it's pretty good talent. I've been surprised at how good the talent's been coming into the drafts over the past five years. I mean... The NHL's been lucky in that aspect that they've had a lot of young talent coming through the ranks and, and being stars right away. I mean, you look at other leagues that are having issues with that, like obviously the NBA, where there's not enough stars to go around. I think it's it's good on the NHL that I think every team, will, especially considering the draft coming up, will have a star on their team going forward.
5: So I'd ask you guys – let me ask you guys this then if, uh, you know, based off of that premise that uh, this draft may be necessarily top-heavy, to quote you, Jake. um, What is the percentage of the Toronto Maple Leafs realistically also getting a second pick in that top 20? Jake? Mm,
4: I don't know. I, I think the philosophy for the Leafs going forward is also with Kyle Dubas being a big analytics guy. Um, there's a big uh, analytics thing going on with based on where you're picked. They have like a percentage and they just average it based on how many games you'll play and stuff like that. Like obviously number one overall picks, they average. I think it's like six hundred, like a thousand games or something like that. And it goes in layers like that. And the thing they value is obviously picks. So for the the Leafs management now with with uh, Hunter and and Dubis. I think they're trying to just get as many picks as possible. and Like, as you can see with how many picks we have in the first three rounds and next year I think we have, what, three seconds or four seconds? Yeah, three. Three seconds. I mean, the big thing for them is obviously when you have so many holes like we have right now, you want to just maximize that and get as many potential players as possible. But I think this is the year where they have too many picks coming up. I mean, you can't possibly use all these players. Because if they all pan out, like seemingly they did this past year with our draft, I think about six of the players look to have NHL potential, which is unheard of. You have to start trading them. I think they'll do that, and I think they'll trade picks. I think number 31 will be gone in a package to Freddie Anderson. But I think they stand pat. I mean, unless there's a really good offer for them to move up, and get one of those high-end defensemen like a like a McAvoy or a Sergachev or somebody along those lines. I think they'll stand pat or even trade down, so would which you, wouldn't
5: shock me. Would you give them like then? I guess maybe like a twenty percent chance that they'd move up, or
4: yeah. I mean, I th- I'd go higher than that. I'd yeah. say I'd say it's pretty much a coin flip. I'd say fifty-fifty that they move up because okay. I hear that they they really do like the defenseman in this draft, and obviously you're not upset with where you're picking, but they definitely had a plan if they were in the, the four hole who they would take, and they obviously lucked out with that. And yep. we thought Pittsburgh would be a little higher, and they were really scouting guys in that range. And a guy that I think that they're really in love with this, which makes sense, is Ole Levy, but I don't see them getting up as high as he's potentially going to go. Yeah,
2: he's borderline top five pick now. Dave?
4: Yeah.
3: No, I think if you're giving a percentage, I think just to say that the Leafs are more likely to trade, I'd give it 60%. Just because you have so many picks, especially in the later rounds, that you can give up maybe those mid, like that late first round pick and some of the second round picks, just to try to move up. Uh, When it comes to trading for a goalie, I mean, the 30th pick could be in play, but at the same time, the market for goalies in terms of getting... Good trade value is not there, especially because Anaheim is in a dire situation. Because if with this potential expansion to Vegas, they could lose Anderson for nothing, because they can only protect one goalie. So if you're Anaheim, you're kind of in a kind of in a hard place there. But the good thing for Anaheim is they have a couple of teams that would need a goalie like Frederick Anderson. Like you got the Leafs, you got Calgary, potentially Carolina. So you do have teams that will will put a bid in for Anderson. So maybe it would take that 30th pick from the Leafs, but maybe Anaheim would want some some players to go along the deal. So maybe the Leafs can try to use those picks to move up. But yeah, it all depends on what the Leafs' mindset is going into the draft. Do they prefer to get the defenseman, or do they want to get some players that can help now?
5: Chris, I think for
2: the first time in a long time, the Leafs actually have a really good idea of what they want and. By that, I mean the player that fits their system, the player that fits their organization. Before, they would just make the case that, you know, taking best available. At the end of the day, the draft is a crapshoot. But I feel like the structure and the top of this organization has a very good idea of what they want. And I think you're going to see that a lot with these draft picks. They may not keep them all. I'd say it's 50-50. They trade up. I'm kind of going to piggyback that they're with Jake because it's got to be somebody they really like and they really feel is going to fit what they have. Or else, why waste the pick, you know? Just just keep it. The The key with these draft picks, too, is... These players come on cheap contracts. They come on cheap three, four year deals, entry level deals where they can, they give you so many options. And with the salary cap not increasing as rapidly as people like to think it will, they're cheap assets. So why would you want to get rid of those? You can even use them in trades and help sweeten things. And it just, it really gives them a lot of flexibility that I don't see them getting away from. And they know what they want. So why get rid of it? I mean, get these cheap players.
5: Godfather Lou knows what's good.
4: That he does. I've seen him do it my whole life. Yeah,
2: no kidding. Well, you guys uh Dave touched on an interesting point there with the expansion. I know <laughs> I know we both think that or oh, all of us think that Vegas isn't really the best spot for hockey to go. I mean no. it's it's like a touristy Hey destination. It's my building there, man. Okay, easy there, easy there. You don't gotta plug the company all the time, eh?
5: What <laughs> <laughs> isn't that like your isn't that like your fourth arena, like don't you guys yeah, have like we, five, we four or five different arenas across the United States named T-bo- T-Mobile?
4: We, no, no. Oh, yeah, there's two. No, no, there's one. The other one's the Sprint one in, in Kansas City. But the other one that, that, uh, that we did with one of my buddies has actually worked on it was we did the freaking Pizza Pizza or whatever the shit is called, the Little Caesars Arena. There you go. Which my buddy, who's a diehard Red Wings fan, almost cried when they brought up who wanted to buy it for what price and he was so upset with that but hey man it's it's a big it's a big money business so i'll call myself the pizza oven too if it gives me that much money
5: <laughs> wait are they try to rename the joe or yeah that, they did they, they, they renamed joe came, lewis arena the pizza pizza or hot it's, hot it's little, caesar's. little caesar's
4: little caesar's arena
5: up here they call it hot and ready
4: yeah, there you go. You're it's... going to call it the hot and ready center. <laughs> That'd be pretty that's, the, that's
5: their slogan. I love it up here. They had to change it because there actually is a company called Pizza Pizza. Pizza
4: Pizza. Exactly.
5: <laughs> so, Chris, go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, <laughs> well, I was going to ask you guys. <laughs> how do you guys think the expansion draft will affect the Leafs? Or will it at all?
3: It will help them get rid of a contract like Joffrey Lupul, possibly. Because I know everyone's talking about either putting on LTIR. I mean, I don't know if that's going to... I mean, he's different in a situation than what they're going with Stefan Robida. I mean, Robida's career is basically over. He's been banished. Yeah, he's he's been he's been told just to stay on that Lou Island. We all know that. Death by exile. Um, Who signed him to that deal? That was, was that, that was Nonas but with Shanahan, Jeez. when Shanahan had got there, so Shanahan thought it would be a good veteran. Presence in the locker room.
2: Shanahan was probably out drinking, and noticed just did it himself. Yeah, Three-year
3: deal yeah. for a thirty-seven-year-old. Yeah, well, I Get remember. I just remember, off the booze. I just remember Pierre McGuire saying that that was a very smart deal for the Leafs because of what he yeah. did in the locker room, and then it just all went downhill. Dave,
5: I've I've heard really smart deal for the Leafs for about f- for as long as I've been alive, and I'm sure a lot of fans have been hearing it since the since the uh, the sixties. And uh, those two, th- those words should never be mentioned in a sentence unless the names are <laughs> after, unless it goes after Mike Babcock or Lou Lamorello. Or even Shani doesn't get that passed just yet right now, in my opinion.
3: Exactly. Well, yeah, that's, that's very true. I mean, but the, I said they they thought they were good deals.
5: They didn't say they were good deals. Okay, Dave, I still love you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, when, we, when you look at the potential draft, I mean, the, the rules are kind of a little raw right now in terms of what the exemption is going to look like. But the Leafs do have a lot, the least do have a lot of players that they don't want to lose. They they have a lot of young players that could potentially get scooped up that they're going to try their best to keep. So having a guy like Joffrey Lupul, Tyler Bozak, uh, Jonathan Bernie. Well, I mean Bernie would be a free agent, so that wouldn't really help them out. But having those guys around will keep will keep the younger players protected from getting selected in the draft in that potential expansion draft, but. It, until the rules are clearly defined I think that I think we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens with the uh, with a, any potential buyouts or just players being uh, ready for the kind of not not kept around not protected I guess is the right word to
4: say Well, gee. I tell you I tell you one thing David I actually David Dave I, I you tell you what, I think or... this is I think this could actually screw the Leafs because mm-hmm. they have so many young players yeah and have you you saw the exemption thing, right? Yep. Nylander would have to be protected. Yeah, like yep. I hope they do it as soon as possible, so they don't have to protect Matthews and Marner. Because if they do it the year after this one, so the twenty eighteen season, they would have to be protected. I mean, guys who would be available for an expansion draft are guys like Kappen and Brown, uh, like S- William Nylander, obviously. Um, like Morgan Riley. And you also have to protect a certain amount of veterans as well, Mm -hmm. and the Leafs don't have very many veterans. I think it's a guy that's played over 300 games under contract for the past season. The only guys that fit the list are Kadri. I think it's Kadri, Gardner, and Riley are the only guys.
2: Well, here, I got it right here. The exempt. So players with two years of professional experience or less will be exempt from the process. So basically Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews will be exempt. But William Nylander, Kaspari Kapanen, Connor Brown, Brandon Leipzig, Stuart Percy, Andreas Johnson, like all those guys are, are eligible. Yeah. And then they got the 40-70, so basically a minimum of two forwards and one defenseman must be exposed to who have played 40 games the previous season, or a total yeah. of 70 over the previous two. They must be under contract for the expansion team's first season. So the Leafs who fit that criteria are Nazem Kadri, Morgan Riley, and Jake Gardner. Others who will soon fit that criteria also include Peter Holland, Matt Hunwick, our beloved Martin Marinson. God help us if he leaves, Frankie oh Corrado, God. Tyler Bozak, Leo Komarov, and JVR, and
4: that's as per Kevin McGran of the Toronto Star. I'm telling you, they're gonna get they're gonna get a, some pretty good players. Yeah. Because not everybody's gonna be able to protect them. I mean, they're paying half a billion US. I mean, they're gonna be able to get some players. I think it's gonna be tight, tight and go. I mean, I don't have a legit list and all the rules to see who the Leafs, who the Leafs have to protect, but I think there's a very good chance they lose a guy that people think is a serviceable NHLer.
2: Well, living in Toronto, no matter who they lose, we're going to bitch about it, and we're going to overanalyze <laughs> it and be like, he could have contributed to the Leafs because that's just the way it works here in Toronto. That's then, right. he, then he
5: turns in to be a stud. Yeah, I... That that also kind of happens all the time too, Chris. For, yeah. for the Las Vegas <laughs> Black Knights. What a team name,
2: the, the Black Las Black Vegas Knights. Black Knights. Why don't you just play to the Las Vegas Black Jacks?
3: They were going to do Black Aces, which would... Oh, gosh. Better. Oh, Black
4: Knights. Black He's Knights. the... Uh,
3: the, he the went owner. to uh,
4: West Point, right?
3: Yeah, the owner Bill Foley. Yep.
4: Yeah. So I don't know how he got his money. I'm trying to figure that out. So we it's America, so anyone,
5: we can... anyone can find a way to make that kind of money. You just never know. It's the land of opportunity, right? He's worth four billion. Holy shit! What he got? Some backdoor army deal there? He gets
2: fees off recruitment. Maybe he's
5: like like the like a shadow owner of Lockheed or something.
3: Does he know? The, does he know any Italian people? Maybe. <laughs> Wait Let
4: me too. see what it says about him. Oh my! god, Wait, no way. This kid—it's got to be wrong. <laughs>
5: did you get that off of Wikipedia, Chris? We've had issues with people claiming Wikipedia before.
4: Yeah. Lo, lo, did you say Lockheed, the, the yeah. as in the gun company? Sure.
5: Yeah, I, I was thinking more stealth bombers, but sure.
4: Oh, is that it? I don't know. They, uh, they, from bombs- what I
5: know, they like they they make things that go boom. From from what I've heard.
4: Yeah, that's aeronautics, right?
5: Some yeah 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 yeah, okay, Lockheed's yeah. like a subdivision of them if I'm not mistaken, or the yeah, other yeah, way around. I make I'm, a lot of money. I'm, I'm not. I'm, not a, I'm Canadian. I'm not a weapons expert to that point. Yeah, ballistic
3: missiles. It's in Bethesda. Well, see, Bill Foley. I got. I got a little profile of him. The chairman of four billion dollar market cap uh, mortgage giant Fidelity National Financial. Oh, what? Nice. So he's but good at kicking whole people whole out of his oh. homes.
5: Oh yeah. So that. <laughs> That could that could explain quite a bit right there. Made a cool four billion off the house market crash. Oh yeah. Also,
3: especially uh,
4: no, Fidelity's wealth management.
3: Yeah, he has spent the last few years investing two hundred million in distressed wineries. This is from Forbes.
5: So
4: the guy you're thinking of is the Cavs owner. What, what's that asshole's name?
5: Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert.
4: Dan Gilbert. That's who you're thinking of. They're like, we love Dan Gilbert. He's finally spending to the cap. I'm like, because he's taking your homes. <laughs> you guys are morons. That luxury the, tax. Hashtag defend the land. Shut up.
5: Defend my land. Defend That's the, the irony land. behind it all. Defend, though. <laughs> defend your the land, own
2: land
4: from him stealing it from you.
5: <laughs> That's the irony behind it all. I love it.
4: <laughs> Gilbert
5: just one day in his room by garden. himself. <laughs> the boardroom. What? Defend my land. Make it work. And then someone just, one of his assistants goes up, oh, sir, maybe it should be ours. Yeah, sure, whatever. Go on.
4: Yeah. Oh, fidelity. Oh, I'm thinking of a different fidelity. Fidelity National Financial. Oh wow, six point six billion in revenues. That's in 2013 too. No big deal. This guy's got serious money.
5: Yeah. He's got Donald Trump money.
3: Yeah. (laughs) He kind of reminds me of who's. who's, Sorry, I had to do it. My bad. (laughs) Who's who's that owner in LA? The new uh, Clippers owner. Uh, Oh my God. Steve Ballmer. Ballmer. He's an ass. In terms of like a guy who has the money, wants to have, wants the team. I don't know how fully fully is in real life, but like, like that's the kind of situation I'm looking at here. Guy who works for like the head of like a really top notch company.
5: Jake, I'm curious, why is Steve Ballmer an ass?
4: Uh one, his kid was my was my buddy's roommate, and apparently the guy like looks like he's on cocaine at
5: all times. That I can believe. I, 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 I remember he literally I do follow looks basketball. like
4: he does cocaine <laughs> every second of the day. Watch anything he does, and he's way too excited. And also, he screwed all of professional sports by just completely Overpaying. destroying the valuation of it. Like, do you know how the bidding process went for the Clippers? Oh like, yeah, somewhere like, Donald
5: Sterling like, is just pissing himself laughing. I know. Yeah, it's the like, worst part. Like, thanks, idiots. I'll yeah. say the N word more. Maybe i be looking for it. <laughs> the best, but, best career decision I ever made financially.
4: Exactly. <laughs> like, they started out as like eight hundred and fifty million. Then it was like silent auction. So, like I don't understand that. So the next closest bid to him was one point one billion, and he's just like two. He bid a billion more than the next person was willing to offer. It was beyond excessive. Idiots.
5: Oh, yeah. Man. God.
4: That's why I hope the Clippers never win because he paid two billion for a team that's never even been in the goddamn conference finals.
5: No comment. That I can actually. No, I, can, right. I can confirm that.
4: Hey, we've been to the fi- conference finals, finally.
5: Hey, Who's we ta- no.
4: that's right. <laughs> here, awesome. well, on that
2: Oof. note, guys, I think we should uh, wrap this up here.
4: All right, sounds
2: good. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Tot Cast. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can reach out to us at Tip of the Tower. You can also like our Facebook page at Tip of the Tower. If you want to reach out to Ryan, our lovely local once in a while hockey fan, you can Hi, guys. reach him at Ryan Greco four one six on Twitter. If you want to reach Dave, you can reach Dave at D underscore Morissuti. If you want to reach Jake, you can reach Jake at JakeMilton12. And if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at Chris O'Kranitz. Anything else, guys, feel free to email us, hit us up at any way you see fit. Thank you for listening. Have a oh, the shutout!
0: William Nylander. Tonight, Mitch Barner. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.